Hey, this is Jim Suler with Texas Scratch and George Thorogood and the Destroyers. You're listening to Dr. Sky Experience on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dr. Sky Experience, heard exclusively here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We like to call it the crown jewel of radio, the iconic 77 Talk Radio WABC, beaming out of New York City, the nation, the world, and the cosmos. And if you're a first-time listener to the Dr. Sky Experience, we cover the realms of astronomy, space, aviation, and weather with great musical acts and musical guests and celebrity acts in the mix. And you know, folks, today, a very special guest on the line. We're talking to a gentleman who knows so much about blues, and we're talking about a group called Texas Scratch. They're made up of three born and bred Texan guitarists, Jim Suler from Dallas, Buddy Whittington from Fort Worth, and Vince Converse from Houston. This mighty threesome of big dog guitar slingers takes no prisoners when it comes to red hot guitar performances, both live and in studio. This trio of six-string guitar beasts are accompanied, ladies and gentlemen, on the album by drummer Jeff Simon and bassist Nathaniel Peterson, both fine musicians in their own right. Their combined efforts have resulted in a debut album consisting of obviously fiery, passionate guitar licks everywhere you turn, soaked in the blues and kicked in the ass by the blues rock they all love to play. And with that, let's introduce our very special guest today, as we talk to our very good friend here, ladies and gentlemen, on the phone, Jim Schuler. Thanks for joining us here on the Dr. Sky Experience. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be in the celestial mix. <laughs> I love that, my friend. And, you know, I'll talk to you a little bit later. We're headed, as you probably know, down to the great state of Texas for the big total solar eclipse that's going to take place. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's so many events happening in Texas at the time. How about this? We're going to be down, Jim, at the Texclip Music Festival in a little tiny town off Interstate 10 called Junction, Texas. We can celebrate with great Texans and music fans alike about all the things that they love about the blues. You know, it's incredible with Texas great blues artists like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Billy Gibbons, Freddie King, and so much more. Talk to us how Texas Scratch got started, because you've got a brand new album, Texas Scratch, and who doesn't love the blues, right, my friend? This is just going to be an exciting conversation. Well, we love it here and in Texas. There's, uh, as you mentioned, a great tradition of blues and blues guitar in Texas. Um, you know, growing up here, I you know, was surrounded by an embarrassment of musical wealth. I didn't realize how lucky I had it growing up in Dallas with so many great musicians around playing in the clubs. Stevie Ray Vaughan was still in clubs, you know, when I started out. Freddie King was, it just passed, but he was always sitting in at Mother Blues in Dallas. So this stuff was still accessible, you know, to, to a neophyte like me at the time. It, it's yes. a wonderful environment to grow up in. It's, it's rich in all that music, and I can't really explain to you why it's all happened here. I guess just a convergence of uh, cultures and and different peoples, but yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a great place to learn how to do something. I was 
I had a really deep interest in. Well, absolutely. And you know, I always ask this of every one of our musical guests here. You know, you talk about guitar and we talk about this, you know, so many different iterations, so many wonderful guitars and the, you know, the people that make the guitars. Tell us how you got started in, in the whole love of, you know, in, in the music world. I mean, it's, it's great because so many people aspire to be at the high pinnacle of, the, of this musical mountain. But seriously, very few make it. But how did you get started? And, and just talk a little bit about the passion that you have and some of the music rates that you look up to even today as you climb that mountain. Well, I'm still climbing. I don't think you ever get to the top, or very few do. But uh, Amen. I got Pardon me? Go ahead. No, I said amen. That's awesome. Yeah, excuse me then. Um, I got, um, initially, my first interest in music was ignited by somebody not from Texas, the Beatles. When I I was born in 1960, but in the mid-60s, I was very aware of that. And I lived and died with my little AM radio. And we had a really good top 40 station here in Dallas called KLIF, the Mighty 1190. And they played all kinds of stuff in addition to the Beatles. You could hear Jimmy Reed. Um, you name it, Petula Clark, anything that was on on the charts. Uh, It it was a great education for me. And later I got into album-oriented rock when that became a thing around 1970 and uh, was always a fan of blues rock and then began to research the songs just via the song titles and composer credits on the albums. I started to educate myself on these artists. through buying records and later on reading about them in books. And even later than that, I could go out and meet the few that were maybe still around. Uh, So that got me on the path. But initially when I was playing guitar, it was uh, classic rock artists in the seventies that were my inspiration. I wasn't old enough to go to a club yet, but I could go to concerts and I could go see ZZ Top or, or the Rolling Stones or Leonard Skinner or, you know, whoever it was, it's the usual suspects. Amazing. You know, it's also interesting to talk about another band that you've been involved with. What? So long. If I'm correct, you were part of being a destroyer. George Thorogood. I mean, this guy's awesome. We've met him many times here at concerts. Talk about that relationship. Uh, that, that must be long and deep. It, it truly is. You know, I was a fan of George dating back to the late 70s when they first released their uh, initial albums on Rounder Records. Uh, I just, I loved the, you know, it was very raw. And they, strangely enough, got lumped in with the punk bands at first when they went to England. They would play at these punk clubs. I think because it was raw, it wasn't the typical polished uh, uh, AOR stuff um, of the time. And that appealed to me. Uh, so I, I, I kept that in my mind, and I saw them play Open for the Rolling Stones in 1981. You know, I would play some of their stuff in my bar bands. But I met George in 1990 at Huey's, a nightclub in Memphis. They were recording an album just down the street yes. at Ardent Rec. And uh, he took a shine to me. He liked what I was doing and uh, told his producer, Terry Manning, about me. And roughly a year later, I had some money and I was going to do an album. I didn't have a, a label. So I did this album and Terry, uh, fortunately for me, had just started his own label. So I released it through Terry's label, which led to a management contract with George Thorogood's manager and opening, you know, tons of tour dates for George in the mid nineties. 
so fast forward to 1999, uh, they were adding a second guitar player, and I was asked to join the band. And I've been there ever since. This is my 25th year. Wow, that's impressive because Jim Schuler is our guest here. He's with the band. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear so much more about Texas Scratch. These are some red-hot guitar performances and so many other things that they do to put this together when we talk about Texas blues and the blues. But, Jim, when I was down there in one of the concerts here in Arizona, we had the meet-and-greet with George. What a great guy. And we actually got a copy of some really cool blue vinyl that he had on uh, release there just for the people who attended the concert. I'll keep that and cherish it because he signed it. So what a great guy. What a great story. What a great, you know, experience. But let's talk Texas Scratch. You got the new album, Texas Scratch, Quarto Valley Records. People can get, you know, this whole thing downloaded just wherever good music is, is available, and there's plenty of places for it. But talk about the time period to produce this album, because it has an interesting story. I knew through COVID and all these other things, there was lots of delays. Not your fault at all. Tell us the iteration of how this album got together time-wise, and, and now it's ready to be heard by everybody out there. And we're going to hear some examples in just a couple of minutes, one specifically that I'm sure you'll love. But talk about how the evolution of uh, Texas Scratch, this album, got, got together. There's a guy named Arnie Goodman who uh, was involved with a label there in New York City. Also, he owned a record store somewhere in the city and a uh, music photographer. I think he's living in Long Island. But it was this whole project was his idea. He knew us all individually and thought it would be a great collective. So he brought us all together to record. And, um, gee, this was... Uh, we recorded the album in 2009, and I believe the conversations about like putting it together had started maybe a couple of years before that. So this is has been a pretty long incubation period on this, obviously. Um, so we completed the album, and uh, there was an issue with the label at the time, so the record was shelved, and it was shopped at various times in the interim since 2009 or 2010 when this all became apparent. And, uh, and it, I, had, I had given up on it. I hadn't heard anything about the record in a, a couple of years from anybody. And I just, it's not that it was on a back burner because I was so busy and I just figured, well, if it comes out great, I'm not going to even think about it anymore because that's when something will happen. Right. And indeed what happened, it was released, um, uh, last, late last year. And I learned about it on social media. So I wasn't even aware that it was, None of us knew it was coming out, <laughs> which is a, a unique marketing strategy. But uh, yes. having said all well, that, we're I still connect with these songs, and I, I love the record, and I'm just thrilled to pieces it finally came out. I'm sorry it took so long. Well, that's okay. No apology necessary, but there's a little backstory to this, if I'm correct. This was done and produced in Showplace Studios in Dover, New Jersey, and being a native yes. New Yorker myself in that area... You know, for years, there's a radio station there that I was doing a lot of stuff for, WDHA, the Rock of North Jersey. Maybe you guys even stopped into those studios, into that radio station. But isn't that incredible? So talk about Showplace Studios. I mean, that must be an incredible experience there. And even though this is a long time ago, what matters most is what they're going to hear in this amazing album, Texas Scratch. And one of the things I wanted to do right now, you won't hear it, but the audience will. I want to play this from your new album. I think this is cool. I think it's track number eight, Ain't Got the Scratch, which is actually written to what? Buddy Whittington wrote this, but here we go. Ain't Got the Scratch. Get a little flavor of what Texas Scratch is all about. Here we go. Mm -hmm. 
was gleaming Driver home today The salesman was screaming I wanted a bad But couldn't figure out How to meet those easy terms Half down the rest now So I wire up that muffler I put on that patch You know that I got the itch But I ain't got the scratch So call your friend at the mint and have a friend a fresh batch. Baby, I got the itch, but I ain't got the scratch. Now, I think that just rocks, and that's just so cool because, you know, I don't know what it is, but I want to just jump up seriously when I hear a lot of these blues and stuff like that. I mean, you just want to get up and move around. You want to, you know, you feel good. So I got to ask you this more from the personal side of, the, of, you know, the feeling side of this. What does this whole Texas blue thing do? I mean, it, it just kind of invigorates. It, it talks about hard times. It talks about ways to overcome adversity. It just talks about cool stuff. But uh, I just love it. So tell us about the, the whole blues thing. It, it's just amazing. Well, I don't, 
I don't really consider us. I think we're more like interpreters. I mean, somebody like Freddie King is blues or Lightning Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're white boy interpreters. I mean, it's kind of like we're we're probably closer to ZZ Top in terms of sound and uh, maybe approach, sure. sonically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we grew up. It, 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 our, our our backgrounds are much like the TV show King of the Hill. It's a lot of that, you know. Uh, rather than uh, than you know cotton field or something, we, we no, just it. have a take on it. Yeah, so I'm I'm not worried about uh, staying true to any uh, you know blues idiom. We just play what we like, and that's we're heavily influenced by that, and it informs everything we're we're doing. But uh, I think if you try to define it. Texas blues, I think it would it would have a swing to it um, in terms of the beat, and it would have a swagger, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a confidence. Um, but initially, I think Texas blues, may, in its earliest days, probably had was closer to jazz and it, than uh, the more gut bucket Chicago sound. I think it was probably there would be more horns and stuff maybe a little more sophisticated musically. And then there's, of course there's offshoots and there's, there's uh, outliers on that people that, that sound nothing like that, that are Texas blues. But if I'm going to generalize and I am, that's what I would, would say. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So kind of like, you know, ZZ Top, Billy, the great Billy Gibbons, obviously we've talked to him we've you know, all these great musicians, but I want to wish you guys the greatest success because there's other people to mention here. I mean, your other powerhouse in guitar is Bud Whittington, as you know, and then also Jeff Simon, who what spent a lot of his life with George Thorogood. Also, am I correct on that? He's he's been playing with George since 1973. It's oh, like wow. now that's a lifetime. You got it. It's George, and then bassist Nathaniel life. Peterson. Yeah, but, uh, sadly, <laughs> Nathaniel passed away last year. He was uh, living in Italy. So, uh, oh, I didn't know fact, that. So sorry to hear that. Yes. Yeah, and. Uh, Ben Elliott from Showplace Studios, who engineered this record, has also passed away since uh, we recorded it. Um, but yeah, well, God bless to the memory of all those other musicians, great musicians, a great band, Texas Scratch. Again, this album on Quarto Valley Records. Tell us how people can get it, which is pretty obvious. Wherever great music is able to be acquired, and now there's a whole lot of those sources. So where where do people go to get this? Where's the most popular uh, outlet? To get a copy of uh, buying a hard copy, a CD, I would direct you to Amazon.com or Quarto Valley Records.com. Um, we have a Facebook page for Texas Scratch. And uh, if they want to find out anything about our tour dates or performance dates, they can go to jimsuler.com, J I M S U H L E R.com. Well, Jim, it's a privilege and honor to speak with you here, and I apologize for any of the communication errors in this, but obviously our producer, Richard Dugan, Dr. D, will make sure that it sounds better than gold, and we wish you the best, and hopefully you get out here to Arizona, too. We want to see you guys. Uh, you know, that's about as near as I, right downtown here uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, or Las Vegas. We're looking forward to that. But it's a pleasure Great. to speak with you. Uh, this whole six-string shootout, so much more Red Hot Guitar Performances, the album, once again, Texas Scratch on Quarto Valley Records. Stay with us as we go to the hard break at the bottom of the hour. This concludes another exciting edition of the Dr. Sky Experience. 
heard proudly and strongly around America's number one powerhouse radio station, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We call it the Crown Jewel of Radio, the iconic 77 Talk Radio, WABC, beaming out of New York City, the nation, the world, and the cosmos. Thank you to our special guest, Jim Suler. We wish you Godspeed with Texas French. Have a good day. Thank you.